Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Alana Enquirer publisher here, sending it into the weekend with another podcast. Today, we will chat about the latest Illinois football commit in the class of 2021. But the majority of our podcast will be spent again with Derek Piper. Last week, Derek joined us to break down the Illini class of 2021. Go back and listen to that one. We break down all of their top targets, what that class means as well. In this podcast, we will chat with Derek about the class of 2022. As Illinois coaches started talking with that class, as the NCAA rule allows them to uh, this week, and reached out with a lot of new offers, including some kids in-state. So I talked to Derek about A.J. Casey. Five-star prospect in-state, Jaden Shutt, a very popular shooter out of Yorkville, Kyle Thomas, Trey Pettigrew, and several other targets in the class of 2022, and just what we've learned about the Illini staff and their efforts in that class in the early going. Also talk a a little bit about the Big Ten basketball news, uh, some transfers out there that are kind of flip-flopping around, uh, as well as the IHSA tournament uh, coming to Champaign. So that's coming up with Derek Piper. But before we get to that, I want to chat a little bit about the latest Illinois football commitment in the class of 2021, and yet another from the Sunshine State. Three-star Florida athlete Theodore Lockley committed to Illinois on Friday. Ryan Easterling and I talked a little bit about him in our previous podcast this week. Six foot, 175 pound athlete out of Daytona Beach. Uh, went to Mainland High School. He's a wide receiver slash defensive back. He's the Alana's ninth commitment in the class of 2021 and the fifth from Florida. He's the third Florida prospect to commit this week. And out of the nine commitments in the class, of course, five from Florida. So Illinois really doing work there, and they are making another push. Uh, They had the May push where they had five commitments, much needed to set a foundation in that class. Now they add three more this week. Three-star wide receiver Patrick Bryant, who had more than 15 other Power 5 offers. Three-star linebacker Dylan Rosiak, uh, who had no other Power 5 offers. But uh, go back and listen to the podcast earlier in the week. Ryan Easterling and I are pretty high on him and what he brings to Illinois. As for Lockley, he had about 30 Division I offers, uh, also included Boston College, his Final Four, Bowling Green, East Carolina, held some Power 5 offers from Kansas and Rutgers as well. He's a very interesting prospect in that he's Illinois kind of recruiting him more as a defensive back. Kinoto Hudson led the charge here. He's a Florida native. He actually was the defensive coordinator at Mainland High School, Theodore Lockley's high school, uh, just about a decade ago. So he's got great connections in that area and at that high school. Offense coordinator Rod Smith also involved in this one. So they're recruiting him kind of as an athlete. Hudson could play him at free safety, uh, or Rod Smith could have him kind of as a slot receiver. As a junior, he had 28 receptions, 559 yards, also uh, had some jet sweeps and, and had a bunch of rushes, 24 for 193 yards, two touchdowns there. 
Um, so yeah, he is a kid that is a big play threat, can really stretch the field. He's got legit power five speed. Ran a 10.74 in the 100 meter dash, which is really fast for a high school junior. I think that translates on the on the field to what four five ish speed, something like that. Uh, but his speed plays on the field, and Illinois certainly needs that at wide receiver. But uh, one thing Kenota Hudson and Lovey Smith have done is they like to recruit athletes for the secondary. Get the athlete first, get those power five traits first, and we can develop them. They're very confident in that. Prince Green, another commitment in this class, 6'2", 190, all the traits you want in, in a cornerback that Lovey Smith wants in his system. A little bit raw as a cornerback, technically. But those are things that they can develop, especially when you got Marquez Beeson, uh, you know, De- Devin Witherspoon, Tavion Nicholson ahead of them. Uh, so these are guys that should be able to redshirt. But uh, Theodore Lockley, likely free safety is what I would see him as. He, he has some strength. He can play physical. So he's not your typical, what I would call a slot wide receiver because he can break some tackles. Didn't play a lot of defense, though, at Mainland this past year. So there's not a lot of film on him. So that probably means he's a little bit raw as a guy in the secondary. But Tony Adams was a little bit like that as well. And Tony Adams is a great athlete, played a little bit more offense in high school, did play defense, um, though, later on in his career. So uh, he is a guy that had a little bit more experience than Lockley. But Lockley, six foot, 175, great range, great ball skills. That can make sense as a, as a center field kind of prospect. He kind of reminds me of a guy who's going on to have a nice NFL career. And, and didn't have the greatest production at Illinois, though, because he's kind of flip-flopping positions, had some health issues, but his speed was always real, and he had solid size as well. The cop for me would kind of be Justin Hardy. Justin Hardy came into Illinois, track guy, didn't have the greatest offer list, but that speed was real. He ended up being a starter at wide receiver, didn't have the greatest production uh, at that position, uh, but ended up having an NFL career, has moved to defensive back, and kind of an athlete playing football. So the development process will be very important for the Illini staff there. But this is real speed you add to a class, and Illinois needs speed both in the secondary and at wide receiver. So we'll see where he ends up uh, position-wise, but Illinois definitely upgraded its speed in this class. So you're starting to look at this class, and their defense is uh, starting to take shape. They've addressed needs in the defensive backfield with uh, three commitments so far at defensive back, two at linebacker so far. Um, So they have definitely taken shape and one on the defensive line. So six of the nine commitments are on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, still need a lot more offensive linemen, still need a lot more wide receivers in this class, assuming Lockley uh, plays a defensive back. Uh, So it'll be interesting to watch there how that develops. But certainly Illinois has a far better foundation now than they did just seven weeks ago. Seven weeks ago, you have one commitment. You're wondering what's happening. And uh, I think Lovey Smith and his staff adjusted, said, okay, we aren't going to be able to get kids on campus here very soon. So let's start pushing for guys that maybe haven't been on campus, but we feel good with. Let's get them on virtual chats. Let's get them on virtual visits. And let's have them on Zoom. And let's develop relationships that way because that's what we have to do. And uh, right now, they're probably one commitment away from being halfway done with this class, which is uh, actually an improvement over what they've been in previous years. So Illinois is at least setting a foundation where they're checking off some big needs in this class with some good Power 5 traits. What they're lacking in this class is those top 500 recruits. That That's where I think people thought at this point, understandably so, Lovey Smith would be landing those level of prospects. More Brody Wise Carvers in this class, right? More Daniel Edwards. Daniel Edwards is a top 1,000 guy, but at cornerback in this class, I think he's a really, really good get. 
for Illinois. So I think that's what you're, you're looking for more in this class. But they are filling needs, uh, and this staff uh, is going to have to develop that talent. But defensive end, they need more. Wide receiver, they need more. Offensive line, they certainly need more as well. But uh, I imagine in this class should be full, but I'm going to say about 20 prep guys, and they'll probably leave about five scholarships open for transfers. That's kind of what they've done the last couple of years. All right. That's the football recruiting chat today. When we come back, let's talk more basketball recruiting. Focus on the class of 2022. New offers out in-state. What's it look like? Derek Piper, Alana Inquirer, joins us next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back into the Illini Enquirer podcast. And last week we talked about the 2021 class and all the focus there and uh, broke down a lot of their top prospects. And this week... Illinois basketball got busy offering 2022 kids, can now talk with those kids directly. And let's talk about that class, 2022, with Derek Piper joining us now. What's up, Derek? How you doing, man? Doing well, man. It always makes you, – you hear 2022, and you're like, really? Is that so far down the road? But I guess apparently it's not. Here well, they're, we they're working on it. But before we get there, there's a little bit of news, uh, Big Ten transfer news this week. Uh, two guys that are kind of – flip-flopping around here kobe king who transferred to nebraska mid-year last year uh Mm -hmm. is now not going to play for nebraska and uh, he says personal reasons and of course he left wisconsin for a certain set of personal reasons and now uh i don't think we're surprised by no gel eastern no gel eastern (laughs) not sticking at michigan uh he said it was uh, certain credits didn't transfer over and he would have to sit out a year anyway uh, but with them getting sean d brown i think we saw the writing on the wall there uh, but what do you make of those two how does that impact the big 10 moving forward Derek? yeah kobe king's a, a good player we saw that when illinois was up there in madison and that second half he was hard for illinois to stop and i thought it was a really nice get for nebraska i know that greg guard took a lot of heat when kobe left and I, we don't know all the details and the whole situation um, of what really went on there, but uh, for him to leave now, maybe Wisconsin feels a little bit better. I don't know where he'll end up. Uh, no gel Eastern. There's been drama around no gel back in the recruiting scene. And um, for that to resurface and when he's looking for a new place, that, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, and there was talk 
as you dug in on Shondi Brown, that uh, it didn't seem like Michigan wanted to take both of those. I know that Nogel is saying there's a credit issue. I, I don't know, again, um, how legitimate that is. But Michigan not acknowledging his commitment from the very beginning, which was quick right after uh, he left Purdue, it made you raise your eyebrows a little bit and see if that would actually come to fruition. It didn't, um, and we'll see where he ends up. All right, uh, as for Illinois, you caught up with Brad Underwood this week and between Lante asking about 80s rock and, and <laughs> fights with Big Ten coaches, um, what would you glean most from, from your update with Brad? Yeah, we asked him, of course, about the workouts and the transition back to campus, and uh, most of the returnees are back, Io being one that's not. Austin Hutcherson is not. Um, but Trent Frazier, DeMonte, Kofi's been on campus for the past month, and we asked him about – about that as well. Um, they haven't gotten going with Fletch yet. Uh, they, they're still kind of feeling that thing out. I know that uh, some of that changes small groups. And really, the one thing that they're really waiting on is the NCAA to make a ruling, which there's an expectation that they might push back on court instruction or just anything the coaches can do with players on the court until late July. And, and that might be something that evens the playing field for throughout college basketball because different states are in different positions. They don't want uh, one team getting a, you know, five on five in while the other uh, can't even get in the building. So uh, that's something that they're kind of just wait and see with. Uh, again, they'll be able to get some lifts in with Fletch and uh, we'll see how that goes here in the coming weeks. But asking about Kofi being back, Lon kind of joked, can you break some news here on the show? He, he wasn't willing to do that. Uh, we knew that that wasn't going to be the case, right. but uh, said that Kofi's still exploring his options. Uh, but, of course, as he said and as everybody's thinking, it's good to see him back in Champaign. And that I, he didn't say this, but I would say it, and we all have. That that seems like a good sign for Illinois. Yeah, I, I think Kofi will be back. Because, I, I, again, I just don't think he's going to get the feedback from the NBA that he wants. And I think he can gain a lot from coming back. Of, of course, you seem like we've had this conversation since March, Derek, of, of Io DeSumo. And I, I've maintained, he's maintained, more importantly, that he's going to go through this process. And, and this process obviously has gone longer than any of us thought it would. It's, it's obviously unprecedented time, but uh, we usually be gearing, gearing up for a draft next week and we'd have a clear answer already on this. Uh, but I think Io's going to go through the process, wait to see if he can go to a combine. Uh, but the hard part with Io is he might not be able to go to a combine uh, unless he decides to stay in the draft because the NCAA has put this August 3rd deadline, which I think is really really not good for these kids, which I, I'm not, I'm not happy with the NCAA about this because they think, Hey, we're all for the student athletes and giving them opportunities. Um, well, what's the difference between Brad Underwood knowing August 3rd or September 3rd, whether IO is coming back, right? Like get, let them get uh, their, their chance to interview, to work out for these, these teams. And we don't even know when that'll be, but it sounds like mid to late September. Um, so I understand that puts Underwood in a hard spot, but he's not finding an IO replacement in, in, at this time uh, in, in the cycle. So uh, I feel bad for IO, but uh, he might have to make a decision regardless of, of going through this entire process. And, you know, we, we know and we've talked with him, Derek. He's leaning, I would think, towards going. Um, and, and I think he understands the risks of that. But uh, I, I don't think much has changed w with IO, despite any report or new big board that comes out. I don't either. And he's maintained throughout his plan. He even said, told Big Ten Network that he's planning to be in the NBA next year. That's where he has in his mind that he's going to be playing. And it's unfortunate 
that and look, we've we've been using that word throughout. They didn't have an NCAA tournament. They didn't have a Big Ten tournament, a combine. Now he's not going to have that. It sounds like I know that Jeremy Wu wrote an article this week, Sam Vecini, that um, a lot of people are expecting a combine if there's going to be one to be September or late August, and, and to have this date here, uh, it's not going to provide that opportunity to elevate his stock. And again, we don't even know what a combine for those that are going to go through it, what they're going to be able to do. Is it just going to be medical testing um, and, and that kind of thing? Is it even going to be on the court? So um, we'll see what was what was potentially sacrificed there. I know that he's gotten a chance to have Zoom calls with teams, and, and I'm sure that that has made him feel good. It's just getting some feedback from specific teams instead of just looking at mock drafts or just the overall um, feedback, the general feedback that you're able to receive. So maybe – uh, a certain team or two would say, hey, if you're here in the, the mid-round, in the second round, we, we take you. We like you. Um, so that maybe informs him a little bit more. I understand the NCAA wanting to protect their programs and, and try to get for a Brad Underwood. Like, here here's a, a sign that, you know, he registers for classes in the fall and, and you can know that he's coming back. But like mm-hmm. you said, you're going to leave that spot open if it's September and if he got a chance to do that. Uh, that would still make sense. Yeah, it just it just doesn't sit well with me that uh, they put that date out there before even knowing what a combine uh, would be. So hopefully uh, Io can get the decision back. Listen, I understand for Illinois fans they might like it because it might benefit them if, if Io comes back. But I think you got to let the kid go through the process and and, and have the full interview. But uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, at some point he'll make that decision. But I think we're probably a month or two away from that. I mean, we're six weeks, seven weeks away from that uh, August third date anyway. All right, Derek, let's focus on the class of 2022. And uh, they they can now contact those kids. They, it was a Tuesday, Wednesday, they were able to start contacting those kids. And uh, they send out a lot of offers, a flurry of offers right away. And a lot of them in-state, almost a handful of kids in-state uh, that get offers here, uh, or a couple in-state, and, and some of them already had them. But it reminded me of last year, uh, in 2021, when they could start talking to those kids, they sent offers out to Bryce, uh, Bryce Hoppins, your guy. Uh, they sent an offer to Louis Lesmond, uh, who ends up going to Harvard uh, and committing to Harvard over some Power 5 offers. Uh, but I, I like that, you know, again, it seems like Illinois basketball ahead of the curve, and they're sending out those offers to in-state kids doesn't mean they're going to recruit them as hard as others or land them, but I think it's a smart strategy. Blanket the state and set up an early relationship with those kids. Yeah, it shows a commitment to the state, and it is getting in early. So if you were, if that if that player is to develop into a Big Ten caliber, and there are some already in the state, AJ Casey is a no-doubter. Jaden Shutt has really risen his stock, and everyone's um, watching his tape and, and can't wait to see him on the AAU circuit, and he's gotten a ton of interest. Uh, they offered him back in April, but uh, Trey Pettigrew is one from Fenwick, a guard that they uh, extended an offer to. He's had one from Penn State. That's where his dad played. He's, he played basketball and football there, so a little bit of a a lot of a connection to that school, but Illinois being the second high major and getting in very early was good. Kyle Thomas is a big man out of St. Joe's, a program that's had a lot of success um, throughout the state, and he's a Mac Irvin big man that can stretch the floor, six foot nine. They were his first Division One offer. So uh, getting in early and really making that effort, uh, it, it's something that the state definitely takes notice of. And, and these players, it gives them an opportunity to, to get build the groundwork. And, and that's how they've gotten, you know, Io in the past, Adam Miller in the past. They, they offered Adam, and that was even the previous staff offered him before he even played a game at Fiora Emanuel. So uh, yeah, 2022, and whenever you get to this contact date, uh, a lot of these guys you want to see more of. You want to see more of them 
on the high school scene, on the AAU scene, but um, there's enough to start building that relationship, make some calls uh, at midnight. I think that's a silly rule. We want to talk about silly stuff the NCAA is doing, but um, yeah, the staff has been very active, not only in state, they've gone, uh, Antigua's offered a couple guys uh, out east at uh, Our Savior Lutheran in the Bronx, same high school that Bernard Kuma was at, uh, Chen's worked California and uh, they're they're going all over as they usually do. But as you mentioned, in state has been a nice focus, and there's some nice players there in this class. Yeah, I mean, what do you think of this class uh, in state and how it's shaping up? It's very early, right? And we don't even have an AAU circuit to to kind of judge these guys by, which is usually when these guys we start to learn about them. Uh, but what's the early word on on what twenty two twenty two could look like in state of Illinois? I think at the top, you're pretty encouraged. AJ Casey has a chance to be as highly ranked, really seem in the conversation with Io and with Adam Miller. And depending on how he develops, he could be higher ranked than both of those guys uh, by the end of his prep career. And uh, he's been a five-star. He's a 24-7 composite five-star right now, number 24 in the class. And he has extreme upside, six foot eight, great length, uh, can stretch the floor. He needs to improve his ball handling a little bit. He needs to get stronger. Uh, but he's someone similar to Adam that you've really had – your eyes on ever since he stepped onto the high school scene and he transferred from Simeon to Tinley Park this past year and had a big, big season at Tinley Park and things started to really come together for him. And Jaden Shutt now, not ranked, but I don't think that's going to stay that way for very long. Uh, he's got a 38-inch vertical and he shoots the heck out of the ball from three. He had 17 threes in a game. I don't care Ooh. the competition. He plays 1A at Yorkville. So one of the things that people want to see is – on the AAU scene against other high major caliber talent. Uh, how does he perform? But he's got athleticism. He's got the three ball. Joe Henderson, who you and I respect a lot, said that he's one of the best shooters he's seen in the state in the past 25 years. So uh, for Illinois to be his first high major offer, he's gotten calls from Michigan State. He's gotten uh, Purdue and Iowa and Nebraska Northwestern offer. He's been to Iowa's campus. He's been to Purdue. Uh, that's going to be a Big Ten battle, but for Illinois to get in early there, those two at the top, and then Trey Pettigrew is one that um, he, he really elevated his game as a sophomore, now looks like a like a Big Ten caliber talent as a guard, and he can play on and off the ball, good shooter. That's something that maybe you could pair with an Andre Curbelo, which it, those might be three top 100 guys, if not top 150. Yeah, and uh, man, Fenwick uh, just producing these kids. I mean, I, I didn't know they were such a basketball power, but they had Stewart for for most of his high school career. DJ Stewart going to Duke, uh, your boy Bryce Hopkins, and and now uh, Trey Pedigree. That's a really impressive run of talent. G- give me more on Kyle Thomas, uh, six foot nine. Uh, Westchester St. Joseph, which uh, Gene Pingator, um, who just passed away recently, is uh, built a power there. Demetri McCamey uh, went there. Isaiah Thomas, I believe, went to uh, Westchester St. Joseph, but uh, plays for Mac Irvin Fire. But 6'9", long front court player. Haven't had a lot of those uh, in state, so you put him there with, with A.J. Casey. What do you know so far about Kyle Thomas? Yeah, Evan Turner being another one of those at St. Yeah. Joe's as well. and um, Yeah, the state – Outside of since that 2014 class hasn't produced a ton of high major talent in the front court. Of course, you can point to especially at center. You can point to EJ Liddell, Bryce Hopkins. Those are big time players. Jeremiah Tillman was one. Um, but the state could do Illinois some favors by producing some some bigs right in their backyard. And, and we'll see if Kyle Thomas is one of those. He averaged about 10 points, seven rebounds, three blocks a game at St. Joe's. Uh, he's, he's got very good length. He, he grew a lot in middle school and 
as a guy that was used to playing a little bit on the perimeter. So you like that he's got a 15 foot jump shot. He can shoot three. Um, he's someone that, again, like a lot of bigs at this stage, need to develop physically, uh, need to show some more consistency. We'll see how he does macker and fire whenever uh, they're getting to play you again. But he's he's been a starter for, for St. Joe's already for two years. Again, a, a very good program. His dad played at Indiana, so that he's got good bloodlines there. So uh, he, he's one that you kind of you like the upside. You, you like where he could potentially project. Um, just one that you need to, need to see more from. AJ Case is going to be the one people point at, right? Like if you land him, what a class it is uh, to get the top ranked guy in the state. And it doesn't seem like he's got the biggest offers yet or the longest offer list, though that is growing here. I think Indiana just offered. Uh, but uh, Illinois has gotten in there early, right? I mean, he visited uh, on campus there in March with that uh, huge run of kids that uh, visited here. What's that relationship like early? How do you feel about Illinois early on with AJ Casey? I feel pretty good about it about it obviously it's going to be highly contested with a lot of programs kansas is already in there with an offer uh, you mentioned indiana there's going to be a lot of big 10 interests michigan state's been involved illinois has done a very very good job early they've really since last fall pinpointed him as let's treat him like he's in the current class regardless and, and let's put our effort and energy and in, in making him a priority um even though he's a little bit down the line in 2022 they got him on campus for the first time last fall uh, when they brought in some others um, at, at that time and then returned and, and got him on campus during the season for the Indiana game. Of course, again, as we said a lot, uh, to sell that game out, to, to have recruits in the building and and, and play the way that you, you did this past season was big. And I, I think it was big for AJ. Chen Coleman has went, went and saw him a number of times, uh, even Brad Underwood one or two times during the high school season. Uh, so I think the relationship, he's very familiar now with the staff. Um, his family is as well. And, and of course, heard from Brad, Brad Underwood this week and they're, they're pushing really, really hard. He knows that uh, he likes the fact that, that IO was one, a star in the state that he looked up to and, and made this, the choice to stay home. So uh, I think that all bodes well for Illinois right now. They're working as hard as anyone. They're in as, the best position of anyone, but of course there's still a long way to go and they got to continue to, to work that. All right, you mentioned Chin Coleman. We've kind of figured out what Chin is, right? Like Chin in Chicago, and then he's had, I think, tentacles everywhere, whether California or, or you know other places across the globe. But uh, we know what Orlando Antigua is, East Coast, the connections he has there, and, and just can walk in any room and kind of own it. What have we learned about Stephen Gentry so far as a recruiter and what his eight months, nine months now as an mm-hmm. assistant coach? Well, he showed something with Luke Goody. I know that that was a feather in his cap early. That was one that they really allowed him to take over and really focus in on where or O and Chin had a lot of the other guys in, in the, the 2020 class, even as they were finishing that up and then 2021. But uh, Gentry did a great job with Goody, developed the relationship. That's a very good early ad. Uh, now it'll be interesting. And I know that he's, He's been working Kansas. That's where he's from, similar to Brad Underwood, Sunrise Christian. Grady Dick is one that he reached out to, a top 35 talent. He's, he's uh, establishing or has connections in Texas. He's looking there. So those are really the two hotbeds, you would say. But he's he's one that is going to extend out, and, and they're going to determine which guys maybe relate to him and, and who he can kind of um, work with because he's very good player development. He works with guards. Um, shooters, that, that's something they really sold to Luke Goody. And, and Michael Zanoni is one. 
uh, that Atlanta fans are probably familiar with. He's visited a couple times. He's out in North Carolina. Thought to be one of the better shooters in the class. Uh, again, and we're going to say it a lot, has to show it more at a, at a higher level once you get to 17U AAU. But um, he has length. He has a very good stroke. And uh, Gentry is the lead recruiter for him and heard from him uh, this past week. So uh, that's probably the one that he's working the hardest in this class. But uh, I think he's going to be more involved with multiple guys here uh, in 2022. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned Zanoni. Any other, any of the other out-of-state guys that, that intrigue you the most of the offers they've sent out here recently? Jaquan Sanders is one, and I mentioned our savior Luther, Lutheran, and, and he got an offer with Silas Sunday. Uh, was a big man there, six foot ten, but Jaquan Sanders can really, really, really score it. Yeah, good name. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jaquan can can really score it, and that's one that, that Brad Underwood has has looked to and and gotten in early. Um, outside of that, I mean, there's it's still early for a lot of these guys, uh, and they they've offered a handful within that top fifty range. Um, one that's blanking me out in California right now, who, who they offered once. You know what? This is I got I got to get this right. <laughs> Ramel Lloyd, yeah, yeah. Ramel Lloyd out in out in California is one that you look at, and he's a big he's a big guard. He's six foot six. He's talented. Uh, he sees himself as you know he, he's projected a lot of people to look at him as a as an off guard, but he's played a lot with the ball in his hands. And he again is one I think that you sell Iodesumu being a bigger guard that, that was able to play make. Uh, interesting. His father played is from New York, played high school ball there in the Bronx, same as Antigua, played professionally in Dominican Republic, played for the Harlem Globetrotters. Those are all things that him and Antigua share as far as uh, shared experiences. So I, I'd, I'd be interested to see if that's something that maybe resonates or, or if those guys have a prior relationship. So that's one I'd look at as well. I, this is such an unfair question because we are so far away from the class of 2022 uh, being in focus. And so 2021, we still got to see it shape. But as you look, I asked you last week, what's the 2021 class mean? That's easy to say, right? Because we already know what the rest of the roster or most of the roster will look like. 2022, is is it AJ Casey? Is, is that like how we're going to put the barometer on this class that's probably too unfair to say early on in the process but it feels like okay just like adam miller you land him great class if you land uh, i would assume good class at kofi coburn i think we felt that way too so uh if aj casey lands that feels like that's a good class again and again top 50 talent after top 50 talent yeah absolutely and he's a guy that in the past couple classes you've had some opportunities to land a I don't want to say long-term solution at the four because AJ Casey may only play one year in college, and uh, but EJ Liddell was a major loss and a guy that was a perfect fit at the four, versatile. Uh, Bryce Hopkins, versatile. I'm, you said that's my boy. It, it is both of those guys really uh, love their games, ability to stretch the floor, um, and, and be the four man that Underwood's offense really has been looking for. And AJ Casey, look, he's going to fit in anything, but. Uh, the established relationship, the fact that he's super high ranked and, and could end up being a five-star, could end up being higher ranked than Adam and Io, uh, and all the work that Illinois has done there early, you're going to look at him, and I think a lot of people are going to look at Jaden Shutt too yeah. uh, if he continues to progress because, look, uh, someone from a small school, I mean, you hear about the, the Joe Wees camp at Iowa and, and that, that, kind of, that kind of recruitment, if – Illinois is able to benefit off of that. And look, there, there's going to, a lot, there's secrets out on Jaden Shutt, but 
Uh, if he wants to stay home with the athleticism, with the ability to shoot the three, that's what they need. This is a team that uh, they're hoping to improve with Adam and Hutcherson. But last year, uh, they, they've had too many non-shooters. You've heard a lot. The worst three-point shooting team during Big Ten play. If they could get a high-level shooter with an A.J. Casey, and two guys in your state, I think that's what you're looking for. Uh, you get one of those guys or both of those guys, huge success. All right, Derek, I haven't asked you yet. Uh, IHSA State Championships is going to be a short drive for you um, in the next couple <laughs> ones. Uh, what do you think of that, uh, coming to Champaign? And, you know, I, I talked to Deion Thomas. We talked to Brad Underwood about the recruiting impact. Just what do you think of that for Illinois? I'm excited, personally. Um, but also, Illinois, I think, should be excited to show off your venue. And, ha- you know, obviously, it's a destination spot for every team uh, in, in your state. And to uh, to get the top programs, top players to be trying to get to Champaign and, and getting in the State Farm Center, that look, it's it's a great arena, and that's that's not coming. I mean, it's coming from a biased perspective, but really, the, all the work that, and the money that they put into it to to renovate it, it, it it's a nice place. It's one of the best in the Big Ten, uh, and I think that just the buy-in that people have around Champaign in the area for basketball, they they want to see it back there. Uh, I think that they'll they'll show up and, and they'll fill those stands. Uh, so, yeah, to, to get – if it's an A.J. Casey um, or, or whoever it may be down the road makes it to, to state and, and you're there in the, the Illinois locker room and you're playing on that floor and uh, Underwood and staff are able to be there, what's interesting there is it's going to be during the weekend of the Big Ten tournament. Uh, and I know Illinois, with their expectations now, are going to be playing deep into Saturday and Sunday and we're actually going to be in Indy or staying multiple nights <laughs> somewhere. Um, but overall, yeah, it's the best basketball venue in the state. No disrespect to Peoria, they did a good job with it. But uh, to get it back in Champaign, I think that's exciting for the players and also um, obviously for Illinois. Yeah, I don't know if it lands you, AJ Casey, but it doesn't hurt, right? Like It doesn't hurt to have that, to have people come to your campus, to have other students come to your campus. And if Illinois basketball is doing well and, and producing pros, which is the most important thing, then it's just a no, another showcase. Uh, for you. So I, I think it's definitely a great thing for the community as well, Derek, because it just felt like, man, you're watching Peoria and you're seeing the attendance go down and you've been there. It's just like, man, Champagne can do this better. And, and I expect they will. And, and I expect fans to show up. But especially if you get an Illinois commit or an Illinois recruit in there, whether that's Casey or Shud or whoever it is, um, you know, there's there was orange and blue in Peoria if Adam Miller and Io DeSumo were playing. Yeah, there has been. And you mentioned it there for the community as well, downtown Champaign. Uh, also, campus has changed a lot even since we graduated. Uh, it's it's nice, and there's a lot to show off there. And, uh, again, it's not that they're not getting – they've had A.J. Casey on campus. They can still get those guys there. But um, just to be able to, to have that stage be something that people want. And we know you mentioned Deion Thomas, some guys in the past, how much it meant to them to, to play on that floor and, and to play for a state title. Uh, I think a lot of a lot of players around the state look to Illinois as as one of the spots. Look and and, and to get there and play, I, I think that that would mean a lot to them. So, yeah, I I only see it as a positive. What's your favorite Peoria memory though? Is it Centen- Centennial went there, right? Yeah, I, I got to say that. Thank <laughs> you for directing me in the the only way to go with that. Uh, Cent- Champagne Centennial beating Oswego in the in the final. They beat. North Lawndale in a in a really tough semifinal there. Ravante Rice with a big steal late. Uh, James Kenny, Josh Piper, shout out Jeff Johnson. That was those were good times. Two thousand nine. If if 
Centennial had played in Champaign, like for the title, do you think Bruce Weber would have actually offered Ravante Rice then? Because <laughs> I think most of us who saw him play go, that guy's pretty dang good. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to give Bruce that out because they had to shoot out the hall back then. They, they played Joseph Bertrand in 2009, and then in 2010 they played Jeremy Richmond. Owned him. And they beat, they beat him. They, and even the year before that, they beat Crandall Head. So Centennial was beating those guys back then. Of course, again, I'm a Centennial guy, but uh, yeah. They, they deserved a little bit more of a look from from, from Bruce and the and the staff. Yeah, at least John was smart enough to get Ray. Came at the expense of possibly Karis LeVert, but it's all right. Ravante Rice worked out pretty well. <laughs> Darren Piper, thank you, buddy, as always. Yeah, we'll probably be talking TBT next time. The That's brackets right. out and everything. Sorry for that, but uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, I, I am getting out to Vegas. My family, uh, my in-laws have a house out there. Any bet you need me to make while I'm out there uh, on anything sports that you're confident in? <laughs> Uh, good question. I, I told Lon I threw a little bit of money on the Kyler Murray MVP. That's Ooh. that's probably a, that's a long shot. Patriots under nine wins. Push your bet if they win nine. What's the, what's the Bears at seven and a half, eight, something like that? Yeah, I think it's I think it's eight. Take the over. Take the over. I, I think I'd go slightly. Yeah, I think nine, yeah. ten, it's possible. I don't think they'll eight be bad. Nine, you can get your money back unless it's seven and a half. Then go ahead on that. Yeah. Okay. Um. Iowa to make the final four is plus one seventy five. You betting that? No. <laughs> There's gonna be scary offensively, but yeah. not, they gotta get stops. And Fran's got this thing about late in the season. That's that's one thing that he hasn't earned a lot of trust there. I agree with you. So if you had to bet one Big Ten team to make the final four next year, hmm. Yeah, let's look. See, I was at the top. Wisconsin. Am I gonna roll with them? It's probably the year Michigan State will because we're not expecting it. That's true. Right. That's true. I'm just wondering who's – they figured out who's playing point guard for them? <laughs> Next they got, to Rocket Watts. They got Watts, Hauser, Henry, right? They'll, they'll be – They're. I think people are counting them out too early. <laughs> like, you know, Iowa's number oh, yeah. one. I'm like, hey, one, if Illinois gets Kofi and Iowa back, if, if that happens, I don't expect it. That would might be number one for me. Um, but I think people are putting Iowa up number one. I mean – Wisconsin won 14 games last year, and they don't lose anybody. And, uh, you know, I think Michigan State is is always dangerous. They are. They are, for sure. I love Rocket, and uh, Bingham's a decent piece. It's going to develop. Malik Hall was a freshman last year. He's going to take another step forward. So uh, they're going to be loaded, especially if they figure out that, that point guard spot with Watts. Uh, but, hey, let's – maybe we can think op- optimistically Illinois with Kofi back, even Kofi, Andre, Adam. It's a lot of unknowns at the guard spot, even though I like the I talent know. there. Uh, I have them top hat. Like, where would you have them? I've seen Indiana ahead of them in some places, which uh, Trace Jackson Davis is a heck of a player, and they got some good talent coming in from in-state. Christian Lander coming Christian in. Christian Lander. Yeah. Would you have Indiana or Illinois if, if Kofi comes back and Iowa doesn't? That's tough. Um, Illinois. Oh, Indiana right. doesn't have doesn't have the uh, the shooting. Yeah. And I think Kofi has the advantage over Trace if you, if you get him back. Uh, Christian Lander against Andre Curbelo, sign me up already just to watch that. I think Illini fans are hoping that they let the fans in the building when that happens. But, uh, look, if Trent Frazier steps up, right. and, and that's not even talking about Georgie, I think Illinois has some pieces there, um, some depth that maybe some other teams don't have if some of these things work out, Hutcherson, Grandison. What I'm kind of getting at with like Illinois and Michigan State, I feel like they're good on both sides of the ball. 
right? Like, I feel like they're going to be yeah. good on both sides of the ball. Indiana, Iowa, I don't, I don't know if they will be. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it's the flip for both of those where uh, Indiana struggled offensively last year. Obviously, Christian Lander's going to help them there. Iowa just doesn't play defense. They might score 85 a game. So we'll see if they're able to win like that. Um, if Luca can be any better than he was last year, then, then look out. We're, we're talking about nothing here. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Don't get me wrong. Iowa's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. And uh, they better to play those teams, Iowa and Illinois. We need more and more of those games. Derek Piper, thank you, bud. Anytime, man. Always fun. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Getting you going already in the class of 2022 with basketball. Yeah, thinking about it already. Uh, but a lot of great information there from Derek Piper. All right, if you missed anything on the site this week, uh, go get Derek Piper's breakdowns of these guys. He chatted a little bit about these guys, but he's got even more in-depth pieces this week on the class of 2022. The latest from Brad Underwood on that as well. And I'll have more Illinois football recruiting stuff up there here soon at Illini Inquire. Right now, you can sign up for a 30% off an annual subscription. You can try that out. But I'll have a little bit of buzz uh, about uh, football recruiting here coming up shortly. And everything you need to know about Theodore Lockley is on there as well. So check it out at com. Thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, if you don't, subscribe to us, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate when you do that. Everybody have a great Father's Day weekend. Happy Juneteenth to everybody out there as well. Have a safe, happy holiday, and we'll chat to you next time right here on the Alana Inquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.